0: We're five days away from camp and tonight um, I wanted to spend some time encouraging us as we move into camp but also to finish up and give you this bonus episode of, of our spring sowing in ministry partnership. And I've titled tonight's message Ministry Partnership and Me. And when I say me, I'm I'm talking about me. Like it's a selfish, like me, like Steve Cha, right? And I want to share with you a message that's, um, I, I guess, a little bit more personal. Um I think sometimes um, pastors and preachers can feel distant um, behind the pulpit, um, but I thought it would be a great opportunity to share, um, I guess a little bit about what uh, some of the things that, that God's been um, saying on my heart uh, as we lead into camp. Um, you know, wh- whether you're going to camp or not, I really believe that this camp, is, and, and every camp that we've had is is a springboard in our church. Every time we go away from camp, and we only really go away once every few years, but every time we go away, something happens. And not just with the people that are that, that go to camp, but even the, the rest of the church, there's something that catalyst happens in our church, and we go into a a, a a better and a healthier place. And and I really and I'm really believing that for this camp. I'm really believing that. Even the fact that we're going to camp is a miracle. The fact that we're a capacity is a miracle. Um, you know, some of the stories that, that I know of people coming to camp, like, I, I don't think that God has to do too much to intervene. I think he's already doing so much. And, um, you know, our, our last camp was actually held um, two and a half years ago um, in April 2018. And it was also down at the TOPS Conference Centre. And if you remember, um, our speaker at the time was Pastor Ray Chang. Um, pastor Ray's there, um, pastor of Ambassador Church. And that year, Pastor Ray came to Sydney three times. And um, he really inputted a lot into our church and our community. Um, around that time, beginning of that year, 2018, that's actually when Pastor May started um, as staff within our church. Um and there was really good things happening in our church. There was really good momentum um, happening in our church. Um, we just we, after just after camp, we were about to celebrate our fifth-year um, anniversary. You know, and, and it was just a really good season. It was an exciting season. And after camp, um, that week, we finished camp on Sunday. You know, I got to spend more time with Pastor Ray, and I received some personal mentoring from him, and then I saw him off at the airport. And that Saturday following, um, you may or may not remember, um, we we celebrated Jordan Arne's first birthday um, at Thornley, and it just all happened to be that that week. And after the party, because it was a Saturday, um, I went home. And, and I had to prepare for, for church the next day. Um, my wife was like, well, I'm going to go to the shops, because that's what my wife does. She went to the shops, and then we said, let's, you know, we'll have dinner together. Um, little did I know that that Saturday my life was about to change. Um, the next few hours of my life were about to be the most um, confusing, deep and dark hours um, of my life. I go home and after a few hours of work, my wife walks in and she says to me, Steve, um, you should sit down. And I'm like, why? I'm just rebellious, you know, just don't listen to my wife, right? You should sit down, why? And as I sit down, she pulls out a pregnancy test. And she goes, I'm pregnant for the fourth time. (laughs) Now, I know that this is not necessarily a a bad thing, but it was really difficult. And for for you that were there, um, that journeyed with me, you would know how deep and dark those next few months were for me. Um, it's funny because the news of being pregnant is a good thing. It's a joyous occasion and should be celebrated, but I couldn't celebrate. And it all came down to this. It wasn't part of my plans. All my older three kids were now in school, and I had just gone to school. That means I drop them off together. I go do whatever I want. And then I pick them up and at night they sleep all night without me having to change a nappy. Now for any parent, you know, that's the dream. That's the dream. See, my life had moved on from bearing little kids, you know, crying at night, waking up at night, and, and, you know, it had moved on from nappies. It, you know, I was finally free to play golf. I was finally free to, um, you know, the church was so many exciting things were happening in the church. Pastor May had just come. Pastor Ray had just come. I was ready. And then in that moment, it was bad. Now I can talk about it after two and a half years. But it was a a very difficult, um, dark, um, depressing time in my life. And I don't take that lightly because I know even now in our community there are those that might be in that season. Um, But it's really not pleasant. And it came down to this. I had my plans, and this pregnancy was not a part of it. Now, for some people, that's probably all you know, so I'll tell you a little bit more. The funniest thing, but now, now that I think about it, the very next day was Sunday, the Sunday after camp, right? Camp. Everyone's got really excited at camp. We had a great time at camp. Everyone's fired up for God. And so the Sunday after is a great occasion because you haven't seen each other since camp, but it feels like you haven't seen each other for ages. Everyone's happy to see each other. Everyone's excited, right? I'm not because my wife just told me that she's pregnant again, right? And I get up to preach. And I get up to preach from this passage. And it's from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. And it reads this. Right. Think about this, right? I've just, my life has just hit a bomb. And this is what I'm trying to convince you of. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. I'm reading this passage. I'm preaching this passage. But I definitely wasn't believing this passage. My wife later told me, like later, later when when we could actually talk about it, she said it was painful watching me try to preach that day (laughs) because I was trying to preach something that ultimately I, I, I didn't sign off on. I couldn't believe in. I was so upset at God. I had all these plans in my life. I was I was gonna make our church the biggest church in Australia? They were my plans, guys. <laughs> our next camp after this, we were gonna go to Fiji. <laughs> you know, it's gonna buy everyone a car, you know, all these great plans. And I got mad at God because I was like, God, why would you do this to me? Is not three enough? That's multiplication, that's more than me and my wife. That's three. We're multiplying. My all-important perfect plans. I got mad at God. If you think about it, I got mad at God because my plans, my little itty-bitty plans didn't go the way I wanted them to be. That was me. Fast forward two and a half years. How can you not love this face? This was Zach when he was born. That's him about two weeks ago. Uh, ignore if you saw him today. He wasn't happy today. <laughs> he was being a little brat today. You know what's funny, right? I can't imagine my life without Zach. You know what's funny? I was so mad at God. I was so mad at God. Just leave that photo there. It's so cute. Looks like me when I was young, I was so mad at God because I was like, God, I've got all these plans for your church. I'm going to invest into your church. I'm going to grow the church. Like, you know, I was so. And yet the child is born and I fast forward two and a half years and so much has happened in those two and a half years. The funniest thing is, the church continued to grow. The church continued to build, and on upon that momentum that was there at that time. Now we have two campuses. Now we're, we're in Burwood. Um, we currently sit. And we're having a new round of members' inductions, but, but we have the most members that we've ever had in our church since the beginning of time. You know, back then I was working four days at Bunnings. I know it's a distant memory, but, but now, I'm, now the church is at a place where they can employ a, a full-time pastor. You know, we, we moved house. My oldest son now graduated high school. He's in high school now. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and yet our church is in the most healthy financial situation that it's ever been in. And I look back two and a half years ago, and I read these verses again, and I think, oh, that's what God was trying to say. Trust me, right? Trust in me with all your heart, and lean on me, lean not on yourself, and Just submit to me and I will make your path straight. See, sometimes we we only share the story at the beginning and you never get the updated version. And I wanted to share that with you because that's what God does. When we trust Him with our lives and with our plans. When we trust him, he is the one that is going to make the path straight. Not our planning. Not our works. He will do what's best for you. You just need to trust him. That's the lesson that I learned and it took me two years. But now... I can't imagine my life. My life is so full of joy, so full of blessing. But obviously at the time I couldn't see that. See, it's nice hearing the back end of the story as well, you know. Here's the fun part. There's more. Zach's now nearly two years old. Life's moved forward at a scary fast pace. Like these last two and a half years went like this. This year has been the craziest years for everyone in our existence because of COVID. Things that we thought could never change have been thrown out the window. Life as we know it has changed. The church has also changed. Schools have shut down. Kids were home. Church was closed. And it's been just a crazy year trying to manage our lives, has it not? And now things are starting to settle down a bit Things are getting back into routine September 26, five weeks ago Once everything had settled down in my life This happened Mel's pregnant again Andy and Albert, you clowns. So five weeks ago, Mel was feeling unwell and going through some health issues and she had all these symptoms. And in the process of trying to work out what was wrong with her, one of the things said, rule out pregnancy. Now, without going into too much detail because my year seven son is here, it's a bit awkward. (laughs) Um, my wife was on the contraceptive pill, okay? If you don't know what that is, just leave it at that. Go ask your mum, okay? She learned her lesson from the last pregnancy, so she was on the pill. So pregnancy was not a possibility. We looked up the website. 0.03% chance to fall pregnant while on this pill. Mel and I hit a 0.03% chance. But what was crazy was when we found out she was pregnant, it wasn't four to five weeks. She was already nine weeks pregnant. So now my wife is already 15 weeks pregnant. Already. Now, when people hear that my wife is pregnant. Funny enough, the first question is not, Mel, how are you? How are you feeling? How's your body? Everyone that's been around over the last two and a half years, the first question is, Steve, are you okay? Because I dealt with the last one so poorly, everyone's like, is Steve okay? And I feel so bad to my wife because I, it was such a poor showing in the last one and even with this one, everyone's more concerned about my mental health than, than her physical health. And I'm not going to lie, I found myself in that space again, again. And I was like, God, are you serious? Again? Again? God, 0.03%, God. The first 24 hours, I was like confused, angry, upset, frustrated, everything. And I found myself like, oh my God, this is going to happen again. You know, three months of deep, dark depression. But I remember that next morning, and I woke up, as I do every morning, to the sound of my kids. And just happened to be that the first kid that woke up that morning was Zach. And Zach, he was just really happy that morning. And as I was still trying to process what is going on with my life, I was reminded of what happened when Mel found out that she was pregnant with Zach and then that whole process. And then, but what I was reminded of was was the next two and a half years. And I was reminded of how much Joy that Zach had brought into my life and into our family. How, how much just laughter there is in our family because of Zach. Like Zach, if Australian Idol is still running, he could win. Could. He's just a funny kid, hey. And I just stopped and I just started contemplating on what the scriptures told me, again, about kids. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And I thought of Zach. I thought of my other three kids. And the more that I thought about them, the more that I started to believe in this verse, that children are a blessing from the Lord. You know, with Zach, I didn't understand that at the beginning. It took me years, years of trying to trust in myself, trying to trust my plans, trying to be in control. But when I realized that I was not in control, God was still in control. How blessed I was now because God had made my path straight. So I learned. Aren't you happy that your pastor learns? Aren't you happy that I'm not deeply depressed right now? It's really like, I'm so sorry to everyone that had to deal with me for those three months. But it's okay, because I've had to deal with all your crap as well. So it's just ministry partnership. That's what we're talking about today. I can tell you straight up, this pregnancy was not planned, but because I know and because I trust God's plan, I am excited. I'm excited to see what God has planned through this next child. I'm excited to see how my children, my four existing children, will come around this next child. I'm excited as 20 years go by how large our family gatherings are going to be. I'm excited that one of these five children will become really rich, just one of them, and they will look after their mum and dad and buy them a house and a nice car. I'm excited to be blessed by God because I trust Him. Why do I share this with you tonight? Well, firstly, because it's just what's going on in my life. That's what Paul did, right? Paul's talking to the church. And he's like, share. Thank you for sharing in my, my joys and my pains. Aren't you glad that you have a pastor that shares his joys and pains? That we have real relationship? There are three things that I want you to see tonight. The first one is this. And no matter what situation you're in, these are going to apply. When you trust God, he will come through. No matter what situation you're in, no matter what problem you're dealing with, no matter how desperate you become, no matter how deep the addiction is, if you trust the Lord, he will come through. Maybe not in the way that you want it. But he will not walk away. He will come through. I know some of you are dealing with some tough situations in your life. I know many of us here are dealing with mental health issues. I know many of us here are dealing with sin and addiction issues. But the scripture tells us, and I am telling you as a product of this, God always comes through. God always always comes through. God will never fail you. He will never forsake you if you trust him. We need to learn to trust him. You know, I believe leading into camp, there are so many things that God wants to say and do for you, but you need to learn to trust him. Some of us, we don't want to hear from God because we don't trust what God's going to say. You don't trust what God's going to say is good. You don't trust what God's going to say is for you and for your sake. But God wants the best for you. Like any loving parent, he wants the best for you. But you have to learn to trust him. I tell this to my kids all the time. I want the best for you. You have to learn to trust me because I'm your dad. We need to learn to be honest and surrender the control that we have over our lives. We need to learn to submit to him and trust him. And I believe that when we do, God will affirm that trust. He will never fail you. Secondly, we need to learn to hold things loosely. There are two ways that we can hold something. The guys on the camera will appreciate this. There are two ways... You can hold something. One is you can hold it uphanded. I need a prop. Let's just use this mic. You can hold something uphanded, meaning that your hand is above the object. Right? You hold it. You hold it. And when we hold things uphanded, it's up to us on how strong we hold on to this. But what happens is when we can't deal with the situation or when things don't happen with what we are holding on to, when you loosen that grip, then it drops. But when we trust God, we need to learn to hold things underhanded, which is like this. See, you can hold it like this, right? Right? And even if your fingers go funny or your, your hand starts shaking, it's still there. It's not dependent just on how well you hold it. This is, this is the, the sign of surrender. See, when we worship God, when we pray, the sign of surrender is an open hand out to the Lord. And we say, whatever we have, we give it to you, God. We hold it like this. We hold it loosely. Why? Because we say that we're not in control, but God is. Like we're going to hold it, but it's really up to God. The problem is when we hold it uphandedly and we can't let go because we think that we're in control, the thing that we're holding actually becomes an idol. And we start to worship this thing, but when we hold it loosely, meaning that we are ready to let it go at any time, I believe that this is the posture of true trust. Now, this might be your future. It might be something that you're dealing with in your life. We go to God and we hold it underhanded and we say, God, this is what I'm dealing with. This is my life. I'm going to hold it like this. I'm going to let you take it. I'm going to let you hold on to it. It's not going to be an idol. I'm going to trust you, God, and not in myself. We need to learn to hold things loosely. Thirdly, and we go back to why this is the bonus episode. Thank you for your ministry partnership. It's been an exciting month. Burwood, our first one, you know, we, we had um, over the two weekends, we had uh, I think it was like 60 people come and, and, and serve and paint and clean and do all these things. Um, MBS six thousand. I think it was like six thousand three hundred and fifty dollars that we, as a church, got to sow into that ministry. Um, last week, Cambodia, um, the total figure with all the additional donations, um, three thousand dollars heading over to Martin and Deborah. That's exciting. It's exciting stuff. But I bring it back home to me, and, and you know what? We say this all the time. It takes a village to raise a child, and you, the church, you have literally helped myself and Mel raise four kids. Each of our children have been influenced and molded by your, um, by your love and your care, directly or indirectly. Some some who are closer, they've been taught by them. Some have conversations with them. Albert. Taking Chris fishing, really appreciate that. I realized I took Chris fishing. I don't like fishing. Thanks, Albert. Not even joking. You have to take him fishing. You know, we had my daughter sleep over at the Arns last night. Thank you. You can have her. We've already got so many. You know, just... <laughs> You know, each of them, it's funny because each of my kids have an era. It, depending on when you came to our church, you're in that era. So I've got the Chris era, the Ben era, the Anna era, and the Zach era. I was telling our build um, campus this morning, you know, they're going to be this next era. And for some of you guys, that's the next era that you're going to be a part of. I'm going to be completely honest, this is the last era. And I know I've said this every time, but this time medically I'm going to make sure that this is the last era. No more details, but please pray a few weeks' time. Even though some of you might not know my kids, the way you pray for our church, the way you give to our church, the way you serve in our church, they all impact my children. It's you, the church, that gives so generously that allowed me to go full-time and I don't have to work at Bunnings, which means that I don't have to work 90-hour weeks, which means I get to be at home and have meals with my kids. It's all connected. This ministry partnership's all connected. And so I want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone here. Thank you to everyone who's joining us online. And also thank you in advance for helping us raise number five. Am I crazy? Yes. I've just come to the fact that I, 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 I'm like, God, you want, okay, fine, whatever. I threw out my plans at number four anyway, you know. Oh, We were crazy when we had four. Five's just a bonus. Friends, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. No matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been dealing with, trust him. He will come through. He will come through. I promise. And he promises. Let's pray.